0: Birds of a feather flock together. Welcome to The Nature of Phenology, where we share the cycles and seasons of the outdoors. I'm your host, Hazel Stark, and this episode was written by Joe Horn. Several years back, some dear friends of mine moved to a house on the edge of a quiet saltwater bay. The house was erected the same year that Maine became a state, and, as was typical in those days, it was built right on the edge of the road. But behind the house is a rolling field that cascades over a few acres, where it eventually turns into an oak border that demarcates the boundary between the fields and the silty cliffs that meet the water. The spot is like a bucolic oil painting of old. It is also a lot of lawn to mow. There wasn't, and maybe still isn't, crystal clear consensus between the homeowners about what to do with these three acres of grass and wildflowers, which is evident by the way that it is mown. At times, it is trimmed down only somewhat scruffier than a golf course, fueled in large part by a convergence of farmer's daughter eagerness and a scintillating audiobook. At other times, the acres seem to take on a more abstract and artistic notion of lawn, as the mower tunnels its way through a patch of bluets here, a twig that was effortlessly feng shui over there, a path under this tree and around that one, through this berry patch but not that one, half-meditative labyrinth, half-flying circus. And in all these forms, the fields are absolutely lovely. But there are some areas of this lawn that simply can't be mowed at certain times of the year. One is a rather large part of their yard that is deeply lush and green year-round and unmowable until about June when the ground finally dries up enough that the mower doesn't disappear into the sodden soils. Yes, this has happened on a few occasions. And you never know who might show up when you neglect to mow your lawn. So every late May, in this long and lush patch, a few bobolinks appear for their annual courtship. Bobolinks are songbirds that are fairly close relatives to blackbirds. Similar to other blackbirds, they have short necks and somewhat stout bills. The males are mostly black but for white banding on their wings, a white rump patch, and a creamy yellow patch on the backs of their heads. The females are modeled in their coloration, which is predominantly buff tans, browns, with some muted butter tones, especially towards their heads. I've listened to their songs at times in the spring when I've seen them, and they are indeed beautiful, but I have found the song challenging to pin down into a mnemonic. I found this perplexing until, that is, I consulted Cornell University's All About Birds website, and found that their call is described as a metallic, bubbly, rambling song with a mixture of sharp high notes and buzzy, low pitches. I realized that I was not the only naturalist struggling to categorize this particular song. Bobolinks prefer habitat of open, tall grasslands, marshlands, prairie, uncut hayfield, and yes, even bits of lawn that are left purposefully or artistically to their own devices. I have often seen them in Maine in rather soggy areas of old fields that have not been mown, like I found at my friend's house. During the mating time, which is now in the spring, the males in particular can be seen doing courtship displays by flying over these fields while singing. After breeding season is over, it can be hard to find bobolinks because they tend to hunker down among the grasses to feed on insects and grass seeds. So this weekend, as you are out and about, keep an eye to areas of unmown fields, especially those that are a tad soggy. If you don't see these birds at first in these locations, be sure to slow down and take some time observing. You might just see a male pop up out of the grass and begin singing. And if you happen to be staring at your own unkempt lawn looking for a good excuse not to mow it, look no further than the wild habitat of the bobolink, which is in a state of decline across their range. You can download this episode and find a link to the transcript, photos, information about podcasting, and more by visiting archives.weru.org. Bobolink sound courtesy of the American Bird Conservancy. Thanks for listening, and please join us next week for another dive into the nature of phonology.